show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, we may not talk a lot about it. We're going to talk about it, but may not talk a lot about it. But what matters to me is, is that time of the year, NBA playoff. Extremely important. It's just, it's just early in the playoff series. There's so many games in basketball that the early games really don't make that much of a difference. I think we kind of got a little bit of that from LeBron the other day. Of course, they lost their opener, and, you know, he said, you know, he'd been down, you know, 3-1 in a championship series. So being down, you know, 1-0 doesn't mean a whole lot to him. So, uh, but it's that, it's that time. So uh, I got my man Willie Gibson on with me. Willie, uh, speaking of basketball, man, you excited about the uh, playoff series? Oh, absolutely, Ray. Good to be with you. That's funny you say that because – Literally before we came on air today, I finalized my my plans to go to Game Five mm-hmm. in Cleveland, which will be the clincher for the first round of uh, Cavs and Pacers uh, next Wednesday night. So definitely excited. Uh, anytime you have a, a playoff series, and it's, it's uh, not necessarily win, you go on losing, you go home format like the NCAA, but uh, playoff basketball definitely takes it to the next level. Now you you, you mentioned uh, Game Five. Mm-hmm. So, so you think that this series is going to go five games? Well, now, yeah, because with with Cleveland losing the opener, I think uh, they have two days to, you know, they don't play game two until tomorrow, Wednesday night. So, I think uh, LeBron and that team follows LeBron's lead, and he's going to come out and set the tone early. He he kind of laid back uh, Sunday in game one and and tried to get his uh, teammates involved because he's fully aware of what he can do. And so he wanted to get his teammates involved early because uh, he knows he, he knows he's going to need them later on down the line. It didn't quite work out, and they did lose. But I think tomorrow, on uh, Wednesday night, that they're going to come out and uh, set the tone early. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout uh, for Cleveland, and I think uh, they win four straight and uh, wrap it up in, at home in five next Wednesday night. Well, they yeah, but they uh, – is this a seven-game series? Seven, yeah, first round, yeah, a couple of years back. They, they changed everything, to, everything to seven. Everything to seven. Yeah, right, okay. Well, that, let me just say this. You know, it's interesting that you say that about LeBron because I know Ty Lue had said that he wanted LeBron to be a little bit more aggressive, you know, in this game coming out. You know, one thing about it, when I watch Cavalier basketball, man, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they play fast. And I just think in today's game, you know, there is an urgency to play fast, in particular when, you know, when you get down and behind some people, you know, get some easy buckets, you know. Uh, but but I, I thought they were, you know, just dribbling the ball up the court. Uh, you said LeBron uh, was going to try to get the other guys involved. See, uh, one thing about it, I believe that a great basketball player does make his team better. And the thing about it, I, I, believe, that, I believe that LeBron's teammates have kind of let him down. LeBron has played more minutes this year than he's ever played. And... Uh, and I think he basically had to do that for this team to be as successful as it is. Uh, if he didn't play, I don't think they would have accomplished what they have, you know, thus far. And and I think that first game in the playoffs kind of, you know, he had a he had a good game for LeBron. That's just a good game for him, you know, uh, close to a triple double if it, if not. Uh, but but again, I just felt like in this game it was it was going to be all him. The way that game was going, it was going to be all him. If it wasn't him, nobody else was going. You know, win that game. Nobody else was going to come up with 30. Nobody else was going to, you know, come up with an exceptional game. I, I just don't see it. And I'm hoping that, you know, in this round, well, Bron ain't never been home in the first round. 
So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that, uh, that the rest of the team, you know, picks it up. You know, I'm a JR fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just waiting this. And you know, you and I talked about Kevin Love earlier in, this, in the in the year, in terms of uh, his potential or the greatness that it, that is. You know, Kevin Love, you know, that has been that player to score. You know, when he's just hot, he hot. You know, he's I, and Brian is the kind of dude where if you hot, he gonna feed you. But I, Kevin just, I need, I want to see that from. Him. I want to see some some breakout stuff from Kevin that he. He becomes the the well known dominant number two for the Cavaliers. I, I just want to see him try to do something like that. Right. The, the thing about Kevin Love is he has to, he, although for for as as great a three point shooter as he is, I mean he's a six ten big man. He wants to get touches in the paint on the post. So if you watch, I think the key for tomorrow's game is watch the first four to five possessions for the Cavs. Watch how many times they go down low to Kevin Love because he's an inside-out player. He has to get. He has to establish his inside presence first, and then you'll see the three-point barrage that he's capable of. Yeah, then he's going to go um, out there and sit on the three-point line, just sit out there and throw it to him, and hopefully he'll make him. Exactly, exactly. And you mentioned J.R. Smith. Um, yeah, and no talk here in Ohio is uh, perhaps lineup changes come, and, and J.R. will start. Uh, game two on Wednesday night, he had 15 points in game one. But in, in, in totality, if you look at the game, yes, Indiana won, uh, but LeBron didn't take a shot until one minute left in the first quarter. So for the first 11 minutes, he tried to get his teammates involved, and I think he finally realized, you know what, I, I need to take this over. And so he had a triple-double, 24-12-10, and 10. But it's just no one. A lot of people miss shots. Kevin Love only had eight shots total in the game. Nine point seventeen rebounds. He he has to he has to have more than eight shots. And I think that's why you're going to see him uh, tomorrow night on Wednesday night rather uh, establish his low pre- his low post presence first before he starts shooting threes. And a lot a person that has been getting a lot of uh, criticism. And I think in this particular instance, justifiably so, is Jeff Green. Uh, 0 for 7, did not score. Didn't make a shot. Didn't make a shot. And I think. Come on, man. Uh, Ty Lu is kind of torn because he doesn't want to necessarily uh, lose him for the rest of the playoffs by benching him. But at the same time, you've got to have more production from, from Jeff Green in the starters role uh, tomorrow night. And watch Tristan Thompson. You know, he's, you know, he's taking a lot of heat. You know, off the court for some uh, some issues that he's been having, and uh, I think he's kind of pl- paid the price uh, for the the uh, acquisition of Larry Nance. Larry Nance is pretty much taking his time, taking his minutes. But uh, Tristan Thompson has won the championship. He knows what it takes to uh, win a championship in Cleveland. So I think you're going to see a lot more of him as well. Well, I, I'm I'm expecting to see more. Uh, out of Nance, ain't no doubt in my mind. Larry's got to play harder. I mean, we talking about some young dudes here that needs to. I just don't see the effort. The effort in my mind is not there. I, I didn't see them really trying that hard, where they were exhausted or they maybe were tired or they, you know, or they needed some rest. You know, I just didn't see that. They they didn't play hard to me. The effort wasn't there from them. That and that's what I wanted to see a sense of urgency from somebody else. You know, this mm-hmm. probably is. In my mind, and I'm going to ask you, what do you think, the least talented team that LeBron has gone into the playoffs with? I would say that. 
I would say yeah. that. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, Ray, a lot of a lot of these guys, Clarkson, Nance, uh, first playoff game. So, uh, as I said, in the open, you know, there's, there's regular season basketball. Eighty two game, eighty two game season is a grind, and there are some nights where you know the the third uh, game and four nights, and maybe you can take that game off, or maybe you can relax a little bit. In playoff basketball, there's no room for that. And I think a lot of these, a couple of these guys, uh, not saying they intentionally did it, but I think they now realize uh, the the level, the intensity goes up in playoff basketball. So I think you'll see a different team uh, coming out on on Wednesday night. But for all that being said, I mean the Cavs, we, we you know they've taken a lot of heat. They did lose, they did lose by 18. Uh, they they allowed 98 points, and in, um, in most that, that, that's not a bad. Di- that, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, you can exactly. an NBA and, and team under hundred points. Right. points. You're gonna win that game. That's right. That's right. So they just gotta hit shots. That's it. Right. Right. And and uh, but again, I'm 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 agree. I'm agreeing with you, particularly with the fact that defensively it wasn't that bad. You held them to under ninety eight points, but you didn't get it done on the offensive side. And you, you mentioned Tristan. Uh, I mean, he, too, has to step it up. I mean, we've always needed him to play ex- extremely hard and, and to play up to and above his ability. And and he, he you normally see the effort out of him. I, I Okay, again, man, you, you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that name. That is a name that when the Cavs are successful, Tristan's all over the place. He's on the floor, he's on the board, you know, he's getting a shot off, you know. Pushing the ball up the court, you know they running. I I just think the Cavs need to play different than that game the other day. That's not going to get it done for me, man. I wasn't happy with them at all. I was like, oh no, no, because we all know that that playoff is it's another level of intensity, as you mentioned that. And so those guys who have not been there before, regardless if you've been there before, you understand that you got to turn it up a notch. That what we did in the regular season, guys. This is the playoff. This is win or go home. You got to turn it up a notch. You know, and 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 they they came and they wanted to come because they know they were playing with the greatest basketball player who was going to turn it up a notch. Who this is? This is what we get paid for right here, fellas. You know, it's, it's all about the ship. We on we on our way. We got a ticket. We on the train. <laughs> we got to make it happen now, man. So uh, uh, because I, I just feel like there is, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure on LeBron even at this time of his life and his career. Still, he's LeBron James, and anytime he steps on the court, there are expectations for him and his team. And if you're on that team, you should expect some of that kind of. Pr- you know, they talked about Kyrie before he left. You know, the stuff about LeBron. You know, and it adds extra. You know, to other people' expectations. Well, certainly, if you're on the team, the expectation level is now raised from whatever team you came from before. And and that simply is, you're expected to win. You're on LeBron James's team. We we expect you to win. And uh, and I think they can do it. Ain't too much pressure. I mean, certainly uh, make it out of this series. But I'm looking at them seriously. I'm I'm expecting the Cavs to be back, you know, in the World Championship Series. That's what that's what my expectations are because of LeBron James. Uh, uh, do you think that that is uh, realistic in your mind? A- absolutely. Um, they let's hypothetically say they. They get past the Pacers, which I believe everyone expects them to. Then they play the winner of Toronto and Washington. Toronto's the number one seed. Um, Cleveland's beaten them 
the last two playoff last two years in the playoffs, uh, four games to zero at the sweep, and then four games to two last year. So I think Toronto uh, is at a disadvantage playing Cleveland. I think LeBron's in their head at this point. Then you go into the Eastern Conference Finals. You know who potentially could be Philadelphia, could be Boston, could be Milwaukee. Uh, so, but anyone else in the East, it doesn't matter. I, I honestly, truly do not believe anyone can beat a LeBron James team four out of seven in the East. All right, sounds good to me. Listen, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Willie Gibson on with me from out there in the OHIO. Before we go back to talk about LeBron and the fellas up there, uh, we got snow and and Columbus today? No, Willie. Tell me that today. ain't so. Today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know, I could say it wasn't so. Wow, my birthday is April 27th, so I'm always cognizant of the weather during that time because it's my birthday. I'm hoping it's warm. Back, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I was always hoping it's warm on my birthday. But I remember some some pretty cool temperature-wise birthdays, uh, but never slow snow this this late, man. So. Uh, did they have the spring game last week? There was yeah, there was some weather issues that affected the spring game last week. Am I right? In You're Columbus? right. They, yeah, spring game was uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. They moved it up. It was uh, now. Here's the funny part. You talk about snow and the weather. It was uh, 80 degrees on Thursday. Of, Sunny of last week. Yeah. Friday, little little chilly, and uh, Saturday has some uh, thunderstorms coming in. So the game was scheduled for 1:45, and uh, they made the decision to move it up. Two hours started at eleven forty-five, 
uh, 80,000 people in the stands or tickets sold and uh, played the spring game. And the last play finished. The clock hit zero. Temperature and the rain hit zero. <laughs> the rain started. Okay. Rain well, started. Uh, well, you know, that's that, I, I'm glad that they got the game in because, you know, I had said to myself, I was kind of, you know, promoting some spring game activity because, again, there's some people who just cannot. And it's interesting. One time I, I had a conversation and I'll say this. I had, I had a conversation with Gene Smith. And, um, you know, the conversation went that, you know, the, you know, the revenues weren't so good at one time in one year when I was talking to Gene about because they wanted the former players to come back and uh, we had to come back at our own expense, which I understood that. I'm OK with that. I don't expect you to fly me in from Arizona, my wife and stuff, and my kids, stuff like that. And uh, but uh, we had to pay for a ticket to get in. Mm. As as former teammates, we were being honored, and I felt that was a a dishonor. That wasn't an honor. That was a dishonor to have me fly all the way back, then get to a stadium where I attended university there, on on an athletic scholarship. Uh, I was the co captain of the team, and the rest of my team is going to be there, and you're going to honor us. But we got to pay for a ticket to come in. I, I just didn't get that, and but but I do understand the fact that there are fans who have to paper tickets on a regular basis and I understand that but if you bring somebody in and you're honoring them I didn't think they had to pay but I also thought about the fact that you know there are people out there who would like to go to a game but sometimes they can't afford the price of a ticket Right. not that that was an issue with me but just the mere fact that a spring game I think allows the fan who can't afford a ticket I think there's a price reduction in the spring game tickets although they're not playing against another team you know, college football has really turned into pro football, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and the reality of it is, you know, man, listen, what they need to do, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going off to a, I'm to, going totally off script, but in my mind, college football has become so much like pro football. I'm going to throw this out there, Willie, for you and I to maybe discuss this a little bit. They need to stop with 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 this, you know, these little small games you got that you play these little small teams in preparation for the big games and mm-hmm. just go ahead and make it pro football. Let Ohio State, let Alabama, let USC, let US UCLA, let let Oregon, let let um, you know, Texas A&M, let Texas, let Florida, let let the U, let all them play each other in a regular season. Since we mm-hmm. since we paying for pro football anyway, it is pro football. That they generating over billions of dollars. That's that's pro football. That's not amateur football. So why are you giving us amateur games? You're you're giving these these games almost like they're spring games. When we should be getting Ohio State against Alabama, against you know Florida, against Miami, the, the U, you know, against Texas, against USC, consistently every week. That should be the schedule. That's what we're paying for. We're not paying for spring ball. You, you, you know, got these teams in the conference that, that aren't performing well, that, are, you, that you know they're not going to do. And, you know, I, I don't want to call out names, but there's some teams that are in the conference that traditionally they just do not do well in the conference. Illinois. I'll say it. Okay. And so why are people paying 
full price for that ticket every year to see that game when it's not worthy of the price, that the, the product is not worthy of the price. I think we're cheating, we're cheating the fans, particularly when it's, you're telling the players they're amateurs, but you're producing revenues like they're a global brand, a billion-dollar brand, and, and it's just convenient for you to call them amateurs when you need to. Here's the thing, but to that amateur point, um, they sold 79,000 seats. And, and to your point, first of all, to the point of um, wouldn't you like pricing, to you, wouldn't you uh, like to see those kind of games I just mentioned on a regular basis every weekend? I would, I would, absolutely. But just to 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 further your point on amateurism and affordability, um, each ticket for the spring game was five dollars. General admission, sit where you want for that purpose. Because, you know, it's and they've been doing this a few years now that for exactly what you just said. First come, first serve. not be mm-hmm. able to pay regular season pricing in the fall to bring a, a, their son, their daughter, their wife, their children, their family to a game. So the spring game is that outlet, uh, $5 general admission, sit where you want to sit. So now I mentioned they sold 79,000 seats. Now you and I both know. Ohio Stadium, the horseshoe seats, 105,000, 107,000. Right. Well, those 27,000 seats are unavailable because they're renovating the horseshoe, adding suites <laughs> to Ohio Stadium wow. to watch the amateur college football team. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm for one, I, I got to stop there because I, I am one who happens to be an alum of a high school who know who now has corporate suites and that is in uh, Canton Ohio at uh, the uh, oh I want to say it right it's uh I can't think of his first name but Benson who owns mm, the Tom Saints Benson. Tom Benson is Tom Benson Hall of Fame field uh, that's that stadium now has corporate suites and and I was privy to stay and watch the Hall of Fame game in, in those corporate suites. But I need to get back and see a Master McKinley game in those suites. But, uh, yeah, they do have suites. But, yeah, it's, it's just amazing to me that now, – now, let me ask you this. Um, Willie, let, let's think about this. I, I You know, like I said, I just went totally off. But I, I, had, I actually had this written down for us to address in another show a few weeks earlier. And I, and I, for some reason, you know, as I normally do, I didn't send you the information for us to discuss it, but it just came up now. I want to talk about this. You know, would you really seriously think, is, is there a problem with creating those kind of games? Is, was that, is that going to mess up a play, the, the current playoff system? Nobody would ever get in the playoffs because, again, you know, nobody would be undefeated. You know, why are we not playing these kinds of games? Why do we have the luxury we all are part of the NC2A, so why, if we have the luxury of creating these schedules, why can't we create these games? Why can't we give these people what they really deserve and see Ohio State and Alabama and the U and USC and Oregon and Texas A&M and, uh, you know, Colorado, whoever these big boys, why can't we see these big boy programs play each other every week? Money. Uh, and here's what here's what. But here's imagine what I mean. how much money that is. How much the TV revenue would be for those kind of games every weekend? No, I agree. I agree. But let's let's take let's take the Ohio State for example. Uh, this year, non conference, they play Tulane, and they pay and they play Oregon State. Okay, 
So let's take that Tulane game. Typical Saturday in the horseshoe, you're probably generating about between seven to ten million dollars. You write a check to Tulane for four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Pretty much the the lion's share of what you brought in, you keep. Not quite sure you're going to bring in Alabama to the shoe and be able to write them a check for $450,000. No, but think about it. Remember now, we always have one or two, like Oklahoma did. Oklahoma coming to us last year? One or two big teams that come in to the university and they get that check. Right. And so, and I, and I think I, you're, you're, you're being very generous there on behalf of the university. That number there. Uh, yeah. We got uh, that number is like probably three, four times what you just said. Because at a hundred thousand, if 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 the ticket's at a hundred thousand, you know, at a hundred dollars, what is that? T- that's that's ten million dollars. Yep, that's ten million dollars. Okay, so if that's ten million dollars, remember that's just the, that's just some of those tickets are more than that, and then yes. not only that. Um, there are there's other revenues there as well. So, they're sh- if they're sharing some of that revenue, they probably those people walking out. The other team coming in, they, they I think they walk away with at least a million dollars. I think Ohio State's giving them at least a million dollars. But I would certainly say this: I would say that the revenues would pick up because the TV money, which is, and they've already negotiated the contracts, but they could go back and, and 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 revise those contracts if they change these games. And I just think that listen. If you're trying to get the guys ready to play pro ball, which they're doing, they don't want to say they're a minor league, but they are a minor league. And so, you know, and, and the scouts, when they're looking at the players, they're always looking at the competition they're playing against. So if you are a feeder league for them anyway, and they want to see a, 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 a more competitive game, they want to see the player that they're going to consider when he played against the best teams, then why not just play against the best teams all the time and get the guys, you know, because you, you, everything is cheating the, the players. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, you know, after this break, because we're going to start talking about professional football. I guess the National Football League, I should say, instead of saying professional football, the National Football League and and how they handle their business and how they treat their players and their fans and things of that nature. But I, I just well, I just man, I want to see more of these good games. I, I'm, I'm tired of these other games that they're putting on television just for the sake of they got to fill up the channel. I want to see. The big boys play against each other on a regular basis. And I think, Willie, to be honest with you, man, I think the fellas want to play against the big boys. They, they want to play against the big – they don't want to play against I, – I went to visit Tulane. I'm sorry. I just – other than the fact that it was in New Orleans and the stadium they were playing in at the time back in the day, and my high school quarterback, Rock Hunters, was the quarterback there. You know, and was, I was going to get a great education. But about the football, nah, no. I wasn't excited about their football. Not at all. Not at all. Is that going to be a game in which Ohio State is going to be threatened? I, I tell you what, from the time it was put on the schedule, them fellas down there, Tulane, the ones that are still there, I don't know how many years in advance, maybe two years in advance or whatever, they've got it, probably got a circle that their parents are going to go to that game. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you want to go to the game, you want to see your son do well, but, you know, you also want to make sure that he is feeling well after the game too. So, um We'll see. But uh, we're going to take a break uh, and we come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. I'm in Willie Gibson with me and we'll be right back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And Phoenix Living Like It Matters. Uh, woo! What matters to me? Well, I'll tell you what matters to me. It is the NBA playoffs, and, uh, you know, it's the time of year where this is, hey, win or go home, man. Ain't no joking. Ain't no playing around. You you know, you got a couple games you could lose, but you lose a series and you're done. But uh, right now I want to talk a little bit, if you will, allow us to talk a little bit about some football. Because I, I just have a problem. We were talking a little bit about some football just a few seconds ago. We were talking about amateur football, college football, NC2A football. And now I think we'll talk about professional football, which is the National Football League, where they get paid the big money, the big bucks. The owners make the big money, the big bucks. And, uh, you know, there's a person that works for the owners, Roger Goodell. He, he makes the big bucks, too. And, I, and I, listen, I don't have all the information out there, but there is supposedly – I think a, a lawsuit out there that was started by the NFL now that they're trying to sue the former players for um, for fraud and, and their lawsuits against the NFL about concussions. Really? I don't have all the details, but that's not, just that's enough. Put that in there and search it and read about that. And uh, man, that is crazy. Uh, but let me let, let me let me talk a little bit about this. Well, if you will, um, let's talk about the business of sports, because. 
I think what it is is that there are you know, a couple different facets of sports, but I'm going to talk about three components of it. I'm going to talk about the fans, the owners, and the players. Because, see, all three have, have, have bought in, but they've, they're bought in for different reasons. The fans, it's the loyalty and the love for the game. They are fanatic. They love the game. The players, it's the passion. They love to play the game. But one thing they've got to learn is that you do want to get paid, and you do get paid, but this is business. It, it really is business. You have to stop looking thinking about it as being personal. Don't take it personal. Take it as business and handle your business. That's a show I do every year at the Super Bowl. Handle your business, players. And, and then the owners, you have to understand, the owners, the loyalty to the players is only when they're on their payroll do they love them. When they go play for another team they, or when they have no more need for them, it's like a commodity, no more value. Okay, no more. We don't need you. So it's the fans, the owners, the players. And the only two that emotionally have themselves torn consistently is the players and the fans, Willie, because when something like when you got the greatest player at the position for you in Dallas, caught more touchdowns than any of your players, you, your other player is close to him is in the Hall of Fame, Michael Irvin. We're talking about Des Bryant now, mm-hmm. and you decide to let him go. He is the he is the well, I would say Zeke is really the face of your franchise in terms of production, but in terms of your mo- emotional support who galvanizes your fan base and hopefully and motivates your players. That that motivational leader of your team is Des Bryant. Uh, and he's still he's he's not as productive, and that's probably because you're not throwing in the ball as much. Uh he may be he may have dropped a few of them. But uh certainly he's he, he still has talent. He may not be a number one, but he may be the number one on your team. But he may not be a number one you look at the best receivers in the league. But I think my only concern here, Willie, is that Dez seems like he was emotionally caught up in the fact that the Cowboys were going to let him go. He was no longer going to be a Dallas Cowboy player. And it really caught him off guard to the point, and he was, he was emotionally charged and uh, displayed some of his feelings on social media, you know, letting people know he wanted to go someplace else. He certainly wanted to show the Giants, I mean, show the Cowboys that, you know, he ain't done. The only way he could do that is to play against him a couple times a year. Uh, but but management has a way of playing the players against the fans. And and the fans truly love these players, Willie. Whenever you, once you've worn the colors, you put the helmet on, whenever you show up and you're not playing for the other team, the fans love and respect you and will treat you that way all the time. The owners don't give a damn about you. They don't care about you when you're playing. They don't care about you when you're done. I'm telling you that now from my own experience. I want all you to know out there. The relationship is between the fans and the players. The owners are using us both. They're using the fans to get your money. They're using your players to put a product on the field so they can get the money from the fans. But, you know, players getting and becoming emotionally attached to a team, Willie, what's your thoughts on that in terms of should a player be emotionally attached to a team or or should he realize that this is a business I can I can be fired 
Great players have, Hall of Fame players have been fired and traded and played on different teams. What, what do you think about Dez's emotional attachment and should he let it go? And should he want to play for another team to prove uh, in the division to prove to the Cowboys that they made a mistake? Um, a couple things. He, he should want to play for another team because, uh, I mean, personal feelings aside, it's an opportunity to provide for your family. So, I mean, I think a lot of times you may want to prove it to them so much that they made a mistake and they, I'm going to show you that you're wrong and I can still do it. A lot of times that doesn't end up successful for you because you're not, your, your motive isn't right. Your motive isn't, I want to go out here and, and play the best I can for the new city I'm playing for, the new fans I'm playing for, you know, do my best to earn the money that I'm being paid. It's all about trying to, to prove you know, it's like uh, your y- your girlfriend breaks up with you, and you want to go get uh, another uh, uh, beautiful woman to show her how she made a mistake. Well, she's not thinking about you; she's moved on. So, there's the the Cowboys have moved on now. I, you know, I can you know disagree with how things were done, and I can understand his 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 disappointment and how. The business side of it was handled. We, as we, we we we're discussing, it is a business. You know, things could have been handled differently, but um, I think it's a waste of time to try to prove Jerry and Stephen Jones wrong that they made a mistake by releasing you. I think the best thing you can do is to find a a great situation for you and your family and continue to provide. As 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 the head of the family. So. Do you do you think uh, from a fan's perspective? Do you think that the majority of fans out there are finally starting to understand? And this could be another example to help them understand from a player's perspective that this is a business decision, and th- I mean, this is a business, and I have to make business decisions for myself and for my family because you know the teams always take the opportunity to throw the money out there uh, when the player is getting a hefty salary to make the player look bad as opposed to team looking bad. So when a player makes a business, when a team makes a business decision, which that was what they made with Dez, a business decision revolved revolved around the money. Uh, When they make that decision, they don't talk about the money, but we know it's a business decision. When players find themselves in a position whereas okay I can go here and make you know three four extra million dollars or I can stay here you know they're talking today on the big boy show about Tom Brady you know how he's been an example because he's been willing to take a haircut in, in salary you know so that the team can sign some other people ah, you know I'm, I'm not for that anymore because of days like, you know, what happened to Dez the other day when you walk in and just next thing you know, you're riding out in your truck down the street. Because guess what? You know, you might have got a paycheck from us last week, but you're not getting any more from us. And and they're not, they're not preparing you for that. They're not saying to you, hey, Dez, you know what? You know, halfway, you know, it's not like your boss calls you in, sits you down and gives you a warning. You know, your production's down a little bit, you know, sales, you know, not closing on sales like you were, you know, months prior you know, it looks like you, you're not going to make that, that quota, um, you know, might affect your bonus. They're not having them kind of conversations. It's the offseason, man. They just make a decision and it's, and it's over with. And I think the I, I, for me, it's, you know, from a fan's perspective, because I am a fan of the game now, 
And so I've got a chance to, to do it all, to be a player, um, you know, be a former player as I am, the position I am now, and to be a fan. And so, you know, that's what you, you just have to do. You just have to stop and think, okay, when these players decide they're going to leave and go someplace else because they're going to compensate their families better, then they got to do that. Because when that owner decides that, you know, he's not going to pay that player anymore, if I love him as a, as a fan or not, they're going to let him go. You know, and uh, so the emotional part of it, that does, I, I understand what he's feeling. I think he has to let that go until that time comes. If that time comes where he's going to play against the Cowboys, then he could make it up in his mind that he's going to show them why they made a mistake by letting him go. But if they're not, you know, if they're not on the schedule, yeah, I agree with you. You know, you prepare yourself to play the best football you can for your family and for your team. And the Cowboys ain't thinking about you when they go to practice anymore. You don't think about them anymore. You got to forget that. But that that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard to do with, man. That's in the man. It's whew. It's in the back of your mind, and uh, especially when you're a player like this, you know, you know the Cowboys. They 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 traded traded their superstar Tony Dorsett back. They traded him to the Denver Broncos. I remember that. Right. You know, um, it, it happens. You know, Joe Montana got kicked out of San Francisco. You know, some of the greatest players, Jerry, Jerry Rice, ended up you know, wearing another uniform. Right. Franco Harris. Franco Harris. Played in Seattle. Think about all the great players, you know, that end up wearing a, uh, another uniform because the owners are not loyal. Was that, one of them young boys had a song out, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girls ain't loyal. Yeah. Owners ain't loyal, man. And so the fans are the, the, fans are the only ones that this – thing of dependency and, and loyalty is extremely important and that's why they try to you know pamper the fan base because they don't want you leaving you know like all those people who wore 88 i mean all those people got an 88 jersey well next year somebody else gonna wear 88 they still want you to come you can wear your 88 it might be somebody else so you might put it away but they don't want to lose you because they lost 88 they don't, they don't want to lose you they want you to keep coming as if 88 is still there. That's why you were coming, because 88 was your favorite player, and, you know, you love to see 88 play. Uh, well, they just told you, you know, we got rid of 88, but we still want you to buy those season tickets. And, and to that point about 88, they they, re, they signed uh, former Jacksonville receiver Alan Hearns, and Monday, the first day of off-season workouts, they offered him 88. 88, and he, and he, he refused he should, he refu- he should refuse it. Yeah. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't put don't put that one on me. No, not that one. You can put another one on me, but don't put don't don't put that one on me. Okay, I think we got to take a break. We got this last segment coming up. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. Take this break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, NBA playoffs. And, yes, I'm a homer, so I'm actually rooting for, you know, I'm split, man. I'm, I'm rooting for a couple teams. Who I think can win it that I'm rooting for, of course, is my home, the O-H-I-O. So I got, I'm down with the Cavaliers, LeBron James. That's who I'm rooting for. And then, you know, of course, I spent many years of my life also in the city of brotherly love. So uh, there's a chance, there's a chance the 76ers could at least, you know, maybe go, you know, you know, deep or, you know, a little deep into the playoffs. You know, I, I don't expect a lot of them, you know, but uh, at least they're making the city look good. I think Starbucks today made, or yesterday, or a couple of days ago, made the city look bad, but the city's looking good. So uh, I'm happy for the fellas back there. Happy to see basketball to be exciting in Philadelphia again. Allen Iverson was on the sidelines, and Kevin Hart, you know, we used, back in the day, boy, we used to have Patty LaBelle, and uh, we'd also have uh, Teddy Pendergrass and Grover Washington and Phyllis Hyman. You know, folks used to come through to Philly, you know, to check out the games, you know. So uh, so it's good to see uh, some folks back in the, in the stands and, and the team winning again. But... Um, well, let me let me get back to some of the stuff we talked about, man. That's uh, Dez Bryant. And you think? What do you think, Dez? You think Dez could possibly end up in um, in New York? Is that is that a possibility with the Giants? N- no, I mean they, they don't want to deal with Odell. So to put Dez with Odell, give him a reason? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I just read during break that Buffalo is interested. So Buffalo. Uh, Arizona, out there with you. I heard they, 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 they may be making a call. Um, it's it's kind of limited. And I know Dez is a, a talented player, but you know, as you say, you know, you're you're driven by your your production, and his production since he signed the the, the seventy million dollar deal hasn't been as much. He hasn't had a thousand yard season since he got the big deal. Um, you know. It, I don't know. I don't know what the market is necessarily. For I, Dez, you know, I think I, I think that part of the in part the reason that he hasn't had the games as productive as he had is because of the big fella in the backfield. Right. You know when you know when Zeke want to be fed, man. When he's hungry and you just keep feeding him, then you you're not passing the ball as much. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and then some of the plays that where you are passing the ball, you're being a little bit more conservative because you don't have to get the big chunks. So then perhaps maybe, you know, Dez ain't getting the big yards because Dez is not one of them that's going, you know, catch it for 10 and take it for 70. That ain't, that's not going to happen, you know. Right. So, um, 
and in his defense that that those two factors could be factoring in uh but but i i still think uh des has been dropping a couple balls see that's that's there what's important go. is your ability to catch all the balls that are thrown to you that's what you want to do uh, mm-hmm. Because you know every 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 pass counts, man. So I, I think he's needs to concentrate. Because I have seen him drop a couple balls. You know, I think he needs to concentrate on that a little bit. Um, heard some uh, interesting things up in Cleveland. I think we uh, got a wide receiver up there in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland side, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Jarvis Landry. And and I thought Jarvis was supposed to bring somebody with him. Don't he have a friend uh, someplace in? Uh, in New York, then yeah, some cat named Beckham. Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden that conversation just went woo one eighty the other way. That it's like that's not gonna happen. But yeah. uh, but Jarvis got some money too, seventy five million dollars, I believe. Got an extended yeah, contract. Five years. Yeah, seventy five point five. Yeah, right. So uh, uh, so I guess that would make it a little easier to live in Cleveland as opposed to in in Miami. A little bit. You know, and uh, LeBron might be able to talk to him a little bit about making that adjustment too, you know, right. coming, from, coming from that same city. But um, still looking at it, and I think this weekend coming up is a big weekend. So uh, how do you think it's going to play out? Who do you think will be the first pick for us in Cleveland and, and the fourth pick? Uh, draft-wise, yeah. I think uh, um, according to, to Hugh Jackson and Dorsey, they still haven't decided. You know, this, you know, nine days before the draft, they still haven't uh, come to a consensus on who the quarterback is. Now, if I'm in that draft room, I'm, I, I, I got to go Sam Darnold, quarterback USC. I mean, people say he's the the least risky. He's the I, I think he's the most uh, the total package. He may not be the best thrower like Josh Rosen, but he's a mature quarterback. And I think he's the, a ready to to take on being the face of a franchise and he, and now all things being equal Tyrod Taylor is the starter this year health aside as long as he's healthy he's going to be remain the starter so you don't need Sam Darnold this year so I think you take him at one and then you go at four and uh, the 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 defensive end Bradley Chubb from NC State I know people say well you you took a defensive end last year and Miles to Garrett. You did, but you, that's why you call them bookends. I mean, you know, uh, you know Clyde Simmons and and and, and Reggie White in, in Philadelphia uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. So you 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 bring in a, a Bradley Chubb at four to part to, to pair with a Miles Garrett, and you rebuild that defense uh, slowly but surely. In that, in, the, in that AFC North, you got Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, Andy Dalton. You gotta be able to go get the quarterback, and I think with with Chubb and Garrett, and then on the on the offensive side, you go get uh, Sam Darnold, let him sit, learn this year, learn from Tyrod, and I think that Cleveland goes a long way in uh in in rebuilding that that franchise. But I I, I just don't think if Saquon's there at four that we got that we don't get him. I, I think we got to get Saquon at four. I know we bought the Buckeye back from San Francisco, yeah, uh, but I just think. I, I just uh, I'm not sh- I don't, I'm not sure he's the answer. Uh, I think Saquon's a better back. Um, so I think if Saquon's there, I think you got to take him at four. I, th- yeah, I think, I, and, I, I, and, I, and here's and here's but here's here's where I think the problem's going to be, is yeah. I think that we are going to I think he's going to be there at four. We're going to be faced with the fact of taking him. 
I think we're going to take him. And then I think what's going to happen is we're going to have an offense that surprisingly is going to be effective to some people for some people, who, that, that being that they're going to be surprised, not to Hugh. And then Sam Dawson now is going to get in. Not only is he not going to get in this year, but at the end of the year, I don't think we're going to think even think about putting him in next year. Because I think Tay Rod is going. I think I think Taylor's going to come in and play ball, man. He ain't just coming there to be, you know, uh, a, a, a bridge quarterback, you know, to bridge the gap for a year so somebody else can take it. Nah, Tay Rod Taylor, ain't, he ain't trying to sit down. He's trying to play. He ain't that kind of athlete. And right. I think if you look at his winning percentage, with the exception of Tom Brady, I think he got the second best winning percentage in the last few years. So I, you know, so I, I'm thinking that we we may see a complete different Cleveland Browns, uh, certainly a, a drastic change from last year. I mean, one win would, would uh, you know, be a great improvement. Uh, but certainly, I think we're going to see a competitive football team this year because Hugh, you know, after not what is this his third year now? Yes. It's okay. So three years, man. This is this this might be do or die for him anyway. So. Um, so I'm I'm really interested, but I but I do think surprisingly to some people, uh, the Browns are going to turn this around real fast. I don't think it's going to take a long time. You get a couple players, uh, but I I I just like Saquon Barkley in there at four. If we can get him at four, I think we get him. But I'm with you with Donaldson. I think Donaldson is the quarterback. I still don't get why because I went as far as uh, uh, watching uh, former UCLA. Head coach talk again about uh, the quarterbacks, and uh, it, it's surprising to me that he he even said that. Uh, looking at New England and them looking for a future quarterback, still his guy wasn't the guy. He went as far as uh, the kid out of UC, uh, out of Louisville, being who Bill Belichick surprisingly could pull off the draft board and bring him in there to sit behind Tom. Just yeah. All kind of stuff, man. People all over the place don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think this time of the year, two weeks before, inside two weeks before the draft, I think people are just throwing stuff out there. But as far as Jim, I've heard him say some other things about Josh Josh Rose and his quarterback, and Miami thinks they're in cahoots. You think, do you think it's you think it's personal? No, I think. It's, oh, you think I he's think trying to help people to stay away from him? Exactly. <laughs> I think I think they're in cahoots. I think it's programmed. I think he knows where he wants to go. And Jim Morris is saying things to make sure he gets to where he wants to be. Well, I think this. I think that if Jim Moore was a coach in the NFL and he was saying those things because he was a coach that was in the later rounds, he didn't have a pick, a high pick, he had a later round draft point, and he wanted to grab him, I would believe that then. But right now, there's no skin in the game for him. Uh, you know, his reputation is at stake now. You know, people are judging him based upon, man, that used to be a coach and it's like that. You know, so even if you do have this agreement with you and Donaldson, I mean, you and uh, the kid from UCLA, uh, uh, Rose. Rose, right? If you do have that, if ever, if the rest of the world doesn't know that, then that, the impression they're going to leave with is you threw your quarterback under the bus. I don't ever want to play. I would never want to play with, with you. But anyway, so uh, we'll find out next week because uh, all is going to happen this weekend. Appreciate you joining me there, Will. Appreciate everybody listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network and Phoenix Living Like It Matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank 
you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.